welcome in. I'm Sierra Goodwill, joined by Evan Lazar and Greg Bedard. Greg, you recently came out with your NFL notebook that pretty much said Tom Brady had been checked out long before he decided to leave New England. Ever since that 2018 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, things started to go downhill from there. And within your report, it says that pretty much with all great quarterbacks, it ends badly. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think I think a lot of these guys, um, you know, they're used to having it their way and a lot of success. And and when things don't go well and things inevitably come to an end at some point, uh, you know, these guys, I mean, whether it's Dan Marino or Terry Bradshaw or Joe Montana, I mean, Brett Favre, you know, Marino and Favre were two guys that I firsthand witnessed the end of their careers and, and how that sort of happened. And I think, I think it's mostly just, they're so used to success. And when things don't work out, they don't really like to take a lot of the blame. And, and, and it's not that I think some of the things for these guys, I think they were totally warranted. Um, you know, some of it with Favre, some of it with Montana, certainly with Brady, uh, there's a lot of lot of his issues with the Patriots towards the end, the last couple of years. I I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, there's other stuff that, in, in, including, um, and this is really sort of the genesis of the piece, which was we've been hearing increasing chatter from. I mean, let's let's just face it. It's it's Tom Brady's thinking, and I think it's I think the reporting has been legitimate, whether it's Gary Myers or Tom Curran or Chris Gasper, or whoever, who are very close to the Brady side, I have no doubt that some of the things they put out there, like about problems with Josh McDaniels, and about being phased out of the offense, and about this and that, I have no doubt that their reporting is accurate in terms of that Brady and his people believe these things. I, 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 think, that's, I think that's true. Actually, I know that's true, because I've talked to some of these same people. I just don't buy some of that stuff, especially the stuff about the offense. And and since Brady left, obviously people are a little bit more freer to talk about what's been going on behind the scenes. This happens with every player. Um, when they're on your team and you're trying to win games with them, no one says anything. But when they're gone, people are a lot more freer to talk. And so I've been sort of putting the pieces together. And, and, and once Brady's side started coming out very strong the past couple of weeks in terms of you know, he had to leave because he's being phased out and this and that. I just I disagreed with that um, from my reporting. I just don't think it's 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 factual. I think that Brady believed that and we can get into that. But that's sort of where this story started. And to me, it's it's a very long piece that I think is a very even handed look at um, sort of the end for Brady, both, you know, stuff that uh, I agreed with stuff I didn't. Um, and certainly cause I put it out there on Twitter that got a lot of that one anecdote got a lot of attention. Um, but I don't think it's, it's really representative of the whole piece. Yeah. I feel like in terms of phasing out, we can look at all the statistics that tell you they were still a pass heavy team against the chiefs, against the chargers. They won those games predominantly on Brady's arm and throwing the football through the air. But I do think that from the Patriots side of things, my whole thing right after they lost to the Titans in the wild card round was if you wanted to make a case that Tom Brady was 
declining or giving him a multi-year deal with a lot of guaranteed money wasn't exactly in the best interest of the Patriots. The case was definitely right there for you. You know, the accuracy, the consistent down-to-down play and game-to-game and week-to-week play for Brady wasn't exactly the same. I think towards the end of both 2018 and 2019, even though he ramped it back up in 2018, the durability and just kind of the bumps and bruises of the season had a little bit more of an impact on him than I would have been used to seeing with him. You know, it was the elbow thing and then in 2018 it was the knee thing and he's not stepping into any of his throws or the accuracy you know down in Cincinnati last year is all over the place because his elbow is messed up and those were just things that Brady has always kind of just played through and never really had a huge impact on his bottom line on his stat line at the end of the day where at his older age it's starting to have a little bit more and creep in a little bit more. And I think from the Patriots perspective, I can see that from Brady's perspective, I can also see that, yeah, they drafted Nikhil Harry in the first round. They tried with Antonio Brown and it failed, but was there a real sort of, genesis of let's meet together and let's build this offense back up and let's give Tom Brady all the weapons that he's going to necessarily need because I don't know if he's the guy anymore that can take Rishay Caldwell and all those types of guys and get to an AFC championship game or take you know uh, Kembrell Tompkins and Aaron Dobson and get to an AFC championship game I don't know if he's that player anymore and I, I feel like from his perspective he's kind of saw it as we didn't invest enough in making Tom Brady the best quarterback that we possibly could at least in the 2019 season and even a little bit in 2018 because it was pretty rocky then too and greg you kind of chronicled all the things that snowballed into his eventual departure and it wasn't just one thing it was he didn't get a contract extension jimmy garoppolo wasn't immediately traded then uh rob gronkowski is almost traded he wasn't paid as much as he should have been probably so it was a lot of things that eventually culminated into this one decision that had to have been accumulating over time so clearly this wasn't just a decision that tom brady made this free agency so it makes sense that he had been thinking about it for a long time but a lot of the the uh, comparisons you make also in your piece to the brett farbs of the world eventually things come out. Do you think Tom Brady will eventually ever speak on this and become a little bit more candid about why he left? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And I, you know, I, I think the key part is, will he be candid? Cause I don't, I don't know whether he, I doubt that he will be. I mean, cause I certainly Tom, along with a lot of these great guys, they, they realize that uh, they're writing the book of their legacy. Like, could I see him doing a last dance sort of thing? 20 years from now, possibly only if Belichick was still alive and, and, and Belichick agreed to participate and they, they all, they each told their sides. But I, you know, I think that the, I think you're right to, to point out, and this is something, I mean, even around the time of the Seth Wickersham piece a few years ago, um, I had been reporting on radio and then I did my own piece around the same time as Seth's um, sort of talking about, the 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 dynamics that were going on behind the scenes um, we, with Alex Guerrero and things like that. But I do think you're right to point out that this was there was a accumulation of things, and this actually, I mean, it even goes back to Brady and, and people who know Brady always talk about this. He knew how he got his job. He knew how he got his chance. We're talking about a guy who, in 2000, going into the 2001 season, I mean, Charlie Weiss told me. It was a flip of the coin whether it was going to be Tom Brady or Damon Heward who was going to be the backup to Drew Bledsoe going into that season. So Brady realized how he got his chance 
And then he never let go of it. And he always had that fear in the back of his mind that if somebody, if somebody else gets a chance and they go out there, Belichick's just going to cut me loose. And, and that has always been there. And I think it was only accelerated uh, starting with the, uh, the aftermath of the Atlanta Super Bowl, not getting a contract extension, all the stuff you mentioned, Garoppolo, and, and all the dynamics that were going on behind the scenes, the Guerrero stuff, all this stuff. It, it got Brady paranoid to the point that, and because he didn't, he didn't want Belichick to dictate the end of his Patriots, Brady's Patriots career, that uh, to me, some of the stuff that went on, especially about the offense and about being phased out, to me, from all the people that I've talked to, I think that was all in Tom's head. I mean, he could say, and part, and this is the part of the reason why I used the 2018 anecdote is because, so there are a lot of people out there pushing out the narrative, or at least Tom's perspective, that they he was he felt he was being phased out of the offense, that he could see things moving in that direction, and sort of this was almost a preemptive strike to keep Belichick from say, swapping him out and, and bringing in another quarterback or drafting a guy, whatever. Um, and I just don't think, I don't, I just don't think that's true. I mean, in, in 2018, they lose those back-to-back -back games, the, the fluke game against the Dolphins and then the Steelers. And after that game, most people thought, well, you know, this Patriots team looks pretty cooked at this point. And what what sort of turned that season on a dime, some of it was just matchups, but even in the Do Your Job 3 documentary, Josh McDaniels talks about in the aftermath of that game, we decided we can't do shotgun, spread, all this stuff. You can't be who you want to be in your mind. You have to be, as a team, you have to be what's going to be most effective. And credit to the coaches, McDaniels, Belichick, they said, we're going to go more conservative, more two backs. We're going to use a power running game. And that's, that's what we're good at at this point. And at that point, Brady wasn't thrilled. He wasn't thrilled with the personnel around him. And, and then now he's getting, he's being told, well, Tom, you know, you're not going to get to do the stuff that you love to do in the offense. He got a little bit frustrated. And, and I think that's just Brady thinks that um, along with 2019, is sort of him being phased out. To me, objectively looking at it, it's coaches trying to do what's best to win a football game. And, and it worked for them. They won a Super Bowl in 2018. It didn't work this past year. So I, I just, I don't understand the disconnect that, all right, so you're being phased out in 2019, but in 2018, you won a Super Bowl with the same approach. So, so which is it? I just don't understand that. So I think there's a lot of hypocrisy is a strong word, but I just think that I, I just think that the the message is uneven um, coming from the Brady camp with some of this stuff. And the difficulty about it for from a Patriots fans perspective is just that that's always been Brady for 18, 19 years is I'll do whatever it takes to win. They find a new way to kind of win that's not featuring him as a shotgun spread quarterback, as you're saying, Greg, and it's not good enough now for that. And I think leading his Players' Tribune piece, even though I think that was mostly just propaganda, not sure how much of it was actually true. The one line that did stand out to me was about how he's looking for something more. And I, I kind of do wonder if he needs that 
extra push of, I don't have Belichick anymore. I don't have the Patriot system anymore. I have this new thing here to kind of put him across the finish line of 45. I, I just, I don't, maybe he felt a little bit like he needed something to kind of reinvigorate something in him where I need to prove to the world again that I'm good enough to do this at a high level at this age. And I think that part of him, and, you know, speaking to what you were saying, Greg, wants to air it out like Patrick Mahomes and throw 15, you know, 50 touchdowns a year and with 5,000 passing yards. And he feels with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk and all these players down there in Tampa that he can do that and he can win his way. And I think that's the disappointing part for Patriots fans is that it was never, it used to never be about winning Tom's way. It was just winning period. And now it kind of seems like he's turning into one of those athletes that wants to win in a very, his way or not, no, no other way type of deal. Yeah, Sierra, can I um and, and those are really good points, Evan. Um, if I could if if I could clarify sort of the the check down comment that everybody's globbing onto, um, you know, I, I just want to explain it a little bit more. Um, because I just use it as an anecdote in that piece, and obviously a lot of people are grasping onto that. Now, I mean, check down is not the words that I used. I mean, I heard those from people that would know that sources very good sources that are close to the situation and they use that phrase. So I used it, um, you know, Brady checking out, um, to, to the lay person that could mean like, well, he's just not returning calls. He's barely showing up. You know, that's what it conjures up, but really in football parlance, I mean, and and when you're talking about Brady and, and I've written this, you know, for years that, part of what made Brady great and different than a lot of other quarterbacks. And I've heard this from coaches that he's worked with in the past. Brady was football 24, seven, 365. I remember having a conversation with Bill O'Brien about when he was offensive coordinator of the Patriots. And he said, he, he recalled this story about how it was like middle of March. And he gets this phone call from this area code that he didn't recognize. And it's Brady in Costa Rica. And Brady's like, Hey, you know, the, uh, this drill that we run and we're, we're going to run in OTAs. How about we run it this way? Like that's what made Tom Brady great. And I think that, I think that there was with him missing the OTAs the past couple of years, there was less of that. That doesn't mean that Tom Brady's not still great and not better than 95% of the quarterbacks when he takes off, you know, a couple extra months. But in, in terms of 2018 checking out, I think that to me, my interpretation from talking to people, it just means that he went through the motions a little bit. Got, uh, frustrated with the personnel, frustrated with, oh, okay, first you're not going to give me anybody to throw to. Now we're going to run the ball um, you know, with two backs. You're taking away a wide receiver or a tight end from me. You know, like, you know, this team, I, I feel this team's going nowhere, and maybe for a couple weeks, maybe even into the playoffs, you know, Tom maybe dialed things back. A little bit. That doesn't mean he took he 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 didn't do his duties or uh, just gave up on the season. That's not what that means. That just means that from the people I've talked to, it just means that you know he just sort of you know relaxed a little bit, threw his hands up a little bit for for a time, not all the time. And and also checking out doesn't mean he doesn't show up on game day or stops playing. Obviously, he's going to do that. But a football work week is seven days. There's a lot of work that goes into a football game from Monday through Saturday that maybe, maybe he just wasn't doing as much as he used to do. And to people around the Patriots and around Brady, to them, that amounts to him checking out to us. 
Yeah, it sounds like he's doing his job pretty well, but th- we're not Tom Brady. Greg, I just have one more question, then we can wrap this up. I just was wondering if anybody that you spoke with, you know, I think there's also this narrative out there that Bill Belichick ultimately didn't want Tom Brady back for the 2020 season. That's nothing that I've been told relates to that. But I'm just curious if anybody on your end was saying whether that was true or not, because it just seems like a lot of fans, a lot of people are saying that, you know, the Patriots never offered him a contract. They never actually wanted him back. Yeah, no, I, I haven't heard that from anybody, Evan. And, and in fact, you know, from the people that I spoke with all off season, and this is sort of the way I tilted my coverage of, you know, Brady's free agency is I thought he was going to be back. I thought, you know, I think that the Patriots, um, and this goes for a lot of things, you know, related uh, to Brady, including maybe he wasn't the focal point in the offense. Well, you know, every single player. And if you, and if you're not there in OTAs, Sometimes that doesn't go well for every player, you know, like a Wes Welker or somebody like that. That doesn't go well for them either. I think that I think that they looked at the market and they didn't think Brady was going to have much of a market outside of a Tampa Bay or L.A. Chargers. And they gauged that and said, well, if we offer him 15 million dollars, he'll take that from us over X amount from a Tampa Bay or L.A. He's not going to go there. And, And I think. That's what they thought. That was their plan. He was in their plans. I think he was plan number one, but the, it didn't work out. So they quickly moved on to, to plan B. But in my mind, from the people that I've all talked with, I have not heard once from anybody that from Bill Belichick for the past couple of years, no one has talked about, yeah, we're moving, we're moving away from Brady. We're moving on. I never heard that. And I never heard anybody just say, well, Brady's going to sign elsewhere. So we're moving on. No, the, the, in my reporting, the Patriots wanted Tom Brady back. They hoped it was going to happen, but that's the way things go. Well, you can check out Greg's entire piece on bostonsportsjournal.com. And for all of our Patriots coverage, find it on our website at clnsmedia.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Patriots Press Pass. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag. NASCAR is back, and BetOnline has hundreds of games, events, and sports to still get in on. You can bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC, or even participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they call After the Dance. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution.